0: All right. Well, one more time. Happy Mother's Day weekend, everybody. Hey, if you're curious how I started off the day, I had ChatGBT write um, right summer, a Happy Mother's Day uh, <laughs> card, and I sent it to her, and she didn't buy it. I I literally did that. I was like, let me test the water. It doesn't work. So guys, actually write kind words uh, to your wife and to your mom on on Mother's Day. Uh, I did write her a little something extra in there because it is a special weekend. So let's kind of catch up to, to what's going on today. So some of you are like, we're still in this series on Mother's Day. <laughs> so uh, if we go back to the end of last year, I, I was kind of like I do often, I, I'm praying through, like, hey, God, what's next? What are you really wanting us to spend time on as we get into this new year? Uh, and I started to feel really strongly that God was leading us to spend kind of like for us an inordinate amount of time in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon in Matthew 5, 6, 7. Like, to do something that victory's kind of never really done before, kind of almost like go verse by verse by verse, like sequentially through this whole thing to spend months and months and months in it. And so I'm, I'm a little pragmatic. And so I was like, all right, if God's really in this, then it's gonna line up, right? So I pulled my Bible out and I pulled my calendar out. Right, and I sat down at the end of last year, and I'm kind of praying through it, and I'm like, "All right, God, if you are in this, the topics we're covering are going to perfectly line up with the day, like whatever's happening that day." Right, so if you were with us a, a few months ago, like we uh, the Beatitudes kind of kick off the Sermon on the Mountain, so I'm like, in February we're doing the Beatitudes. That's awesome. All right, and then I'm I'm looking forward and like salt and light, like like Jesus saying, "Hey, share your faith." That falls the week before Easter, and I'm like yes, God is in this, right? And so I fast forward. I'm like looking at the end of the year and I'm like, man, could it be like maybe like October-ish? We're actually in a spiritual warfare series. I'm like, okay, okay. And then I'm kind of coming back and I'm like, wait a second, like right after Easter, we're gonna do a sex series. Okay, God, I see you. I see you. We're going to call it love over lust, and we're going to talk about, you know, uh, um, why God says no. We're going to talk about intimacy in marriage. We're going to talk about dealing radically with sin. Jump ahead. Like, what's happening on Father's Day? Whoa! Lord's Prayer and our Father who art in heaven? It's perfect! God is all over this thing. And I said, all right, God, let's see Mother's Day. Let's do it. What exciting, what perfect, what like, like God-ordained verse do you have for us on Mother's Day? Matthew 5, verse 31. Jesus says, it has been said, anyone who di- <laughs> divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce, but I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery, and anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, I would, No, no, like literally, I was like, nope. <laughs> well, God's not in that. Like God has left the b- divorce on Mother's Day. And I'm, I'm telling you guys, honestly, I was sitting there and I was like about to crumple the whole series up, like the whole year up. I was so about to crumple it up and like Kobe, like just throw it in the trash and be like, all right, God's not in this, it gotta start over. And then right behind that, I felt God asked me this question. But why did I say that? Like, why did Jesus even talk about divorce? And honestly, you wanna know what I said? I don't care. Like, no preacher in his right mind would ever talk about anything in this world on Mother's Day. And right behind that, I felt like God challenged me again. But why is that verse in there? Why is that in there? And here's the answer, and here's the big idea for today. Here's the big idea for today. Jesus said what he said To protect women, to protect women. Right after Jesus walks through, like, right, like that, you gotta attack lust, that you gotta deal with lust forcefully, he goes straight into divorce. And from there, he goes straight into vows and covenant. Why? Well, look, look, who's Jesus talking to? Anyone who divorces his wife, Jesus talking to the men. And Jesus is saying, do right by women. Because Jesus is speaking to the culture. Why? Because the system of the time saw women as discardable. It saw women as property. It saw vows as easily breakable. It saw this whole thing, like men-women relationships. It saw marriage. It saw all that as just something like just super casual. But it wasn't always like that, okay? So you go back into the Old Testament, and God had actually set up a system that valued and honored women exponentially more than any other ancient society, all right? So it may, it may not always feel like that when you're reading the, the Old Testament, but listen, like, women were pretty much involved in every aspect of culture. Uh, there were women running businesses. Uh, there, there were women prophets, there were women leaders. Look back through the Old Testament. How many women do you see in the Old Testament? Positive examples of women in the Old Testament that did not exist at that time. Right? God had actually even spoken to the men on how to protect women. He says this. Many of us know this. Malachi 2:16, the last book of the Old Testament. God says, I hate divorce. Okay? Why? Because to divorce your wife, again, talking to men, to divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelties. And I love this, just pause right here. Sometimes, you ever read through the scriptures and it's like, says the God who loves you so much, says the God who holds you with kindness and compassion will never leave you and forsake you? No, who says this? The Lord of heaven's armies. Sometimes dudes have to be reminded that God is the commander in chief The five star general of heaven, of the flaming chariot, angel, army. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. Hang with me here. Hang with me here for a few seconds. Because what happened was between Malachi and Matthew, about 400 years between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, kind of the wheels fell off, right? Because you end the Old Testament in some way, but then it's like if you ever just open back up the the first book of the New Testament, you're like, what happened? Right? What happened? Well, a new system kind of took over. They left God's word, right? And in this time, the condition of women in society completely degraded. It became the point where women couldn't testify in court, women couldn't talk to men in public, that if a woman was actually found without a veil, it was grounds for divorce. Most women were illiterate because it wasn't their role to learn. It was the men's role to learn and the men's role to lead, and the women were supposed to stay home and cook and clean and have kids. Women weren't taught the Bible Right, only, only men were. In fact, there was a saying of the time, one of the prominent sayings of the time, one of the prominent um, uh, religious leaders of the time said, may the words of Torah, the Old Testament, may the words of Torah be burned than that they should be handed over to women. Sounds like a great guy to live with. Uh, in that culture, at that time, men could divorce their wives for any reason they wanted to, but women couldn't divorce their wives, I mean, their, women couldn't divorce their husband for any reason, Men could divorce their wives for whatever reason. So in other words, if you've been sick a lot lately, I don't just feel like dealing with it. If you said something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, if uh, like we haven't kind of been clicking sexually and I'm I'm just kind of ready to move on to somebody else because I find somebody else more attractive, all a husband would have to say is, I divorce thee, I divorce thee, I divorce thee. You're gone, that's it. And since women had kind of been kept in this box, now you have this woman who can't read who doesn't even know how to, how, to, how to live in this society because she's kept in the house, now she's kicked to the curb where she's now homeless, she has no income, and now she has to figure out, think about it, how am I going to make money? And this is the world that Jesus came into. You know, and so when Jesus shows up and he says, I've come to set the oppressed free, the most oppressed people in the Jewish world Were women. Were women. But everybody take a breath. Everybody just take a breath. I'm not talking about divorce today. <laughs> okay, just, 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 whew. this is not a sermon about divorce. And to the men, let me just go ahead and clear it up because I'm, I'm, here's what I'm doing. I'm saving myself about an hour's worth of conversations out in the lobby. <laughs> All right? Men, I know women have affairs. Men, I know, I know that in today's world, I know that women many times, uh, um, un 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 um, unrightfully, like incorrectly divorce their husbands. Uh, And no, divorce is not the unforgivable sin. You can be forgiven for a divorce. And I affirm that God is the God of second chances. And I know that we all did a lot of things before we came to faith in Jesus. And no, I don't know all the details of your story, but I know that God's telling a better story, and so you don't have to come up and tell me how your story is different in the lobby. And if you're having marriage issues today, we have a great marriage ministry, you need to plug into that. But today's not, not, I'm not preaching a sermon about divorce, here's what I'm doing. I'm actually lifting up higher than just that topic to talk about the real reason why Jesus even had to say this to begin with. Why did Jesus say this to begin with? And what I'm telling you today on Mother's Day weekend is that God loves women. And God protects women. And God values women. And God has good news for women. But if that's the case, why are we even having this conversation? Why isn't it all done, right? Well, how did we get here? How did we get to what's kind of even still happening in the world today, right? Well, for the answer for that, we gotta go back to the very beginning. And you know what I mean by the very beginning, like Genesis 3, like the very beginning, like back in the garden. If you know the story, what happens? Satan shows up, he tempts Eve, Eve bites the apple. And everybody loves to hate on Eve, right? But if you're not, you have to intentionally overlook what was going on with Adam because it actually says Eve gave the fruit to Adam who was with her. Who was with her? God had charged Adam. Adam, you rule, you reign, you have dominion over every creeping thing that creeps the earth, including the devil. And the devil shows up, attacks his wife, and Adam's like. And Eve's like, hey, you want some of this fruit? I know I'm not supposed to, but never say no to food. So Adam's just an idiot who forsook his responsibility in this. And then Eve falls victim to the enemy, right? And what happens there in the garden in Genesis 3, God then puts a curse on all three of them. It puts a curse on Satan, it puts a curse on Eve, it puts a curse on Adam. Okay, here's the curse on Satan, Genesis 3, verse 14. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live, and I will cause hostility. Everybody say hostility. hostility. Between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his head heal. Even here, uh, the Lord is foreshadowing that a Messiah, Jesus Christ, is going to come, who is eventually going to crush the devil's head. And because of that, ladies, there is hostility between the devil and you. I don't have to tell you that. You already know that, but you see it manifest in the world all around us. I don't say that to scare you ladies, but I am saying that you have an enemy who comes only to steal and kill and destroy and he wants to rob your life and keep you pressed down and robbed of all that is good that God wants to do in your life. But here's the, here's the good news, guys. It's not that just the enemy is against you, you're against the enemy. Here's what that means. The tip of the spear of the war against the devil is headed by women. Here's what I mean, my wife, Hates the devil more than I do. And I pretty much hate the devil. You know what I'm saying? But there is something supernatural inside women that has this aggression against the enemy, that hates the enemy, that despises the enemy, that attacks the enemy. Here's how that fleshes out. Listen, I, I thank God. I have a, I have a great father. I, for those of us who have great dads, that's awesome. But here's the deal. You don't hear, most people's testimonies aren't like, well, if I didn't have a praying grandpappy." Right? If I didn't have a praying dad. No, man. Our, our stories are, if I didn't have a praying grandma, if I didn't have a praying mama, if I didn't have a praying auntie, where would I be today? Come on, can we take, can we take a 15 second praise break? Come on, somebody, and just thank God for praying grandmas, praying mamas, praying aunties, praying friends. Without them, I wouldn't even be alive. Listen, ladies. There is a difference in the way that you pray. God put that on the inside of you. Don't be ashamed of that. Don't, don't let a child or somebody be like, oh, you just need to simmer down. Be like, fool, you're alive because I pray the way that I do right now. I I, I pull down heaven with my prayers over your life. You're born again because I pray like that. Hey, are you're, you're safe because I pray like that. Your life is the way that it is because I pray like that. And God put that inside of you. Come on, come on, guys. I heard Pastor D- uh, Darius at North Cobb say this. He says, the devil knows that when women pray, he becomes prey. Yeah. And that's why he tries to rob you, to steal from you, to keep you powerless, to feel like, oh, I don't matter. That's a result of the curse. So here's the deal. The, uh, the Lord doesn't just curse the enemy. Then the Lord turns, and bad news on Mother's Day, the Lord curses Eve. He pronounces a curse on her because of sin. Verse 16. Then God said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. (laughs) Just hang with me, hang with me, hang with with me. Bear with me, bear with me. There's three curses on women that day. Pain and childbirth. Women will now desire to control men, but instead men will rule over women. That's the curse. Track with me, track with me. Before sin, see, this is what sin does. Sin breaks everything. Before sin, Adam and Eve walked together. On the other side of sin, Eve wanted to dominate, but instead she was dominated. Now because of sin, there's competition for control. Before they were walking together and God's purposes for them, now they're trying to see who's actually going to run this thing. That's what sin does. And if you've ever wondered why there's so much chaos in the world between men and women and women around the world are oppressed, and there's always been these really, really odd and toxic power dynamics between men and women, that's the curse. That's the curse. That is the curse, and we still live in a world today where the curse from Genesis is still active. It's still out there, right? Think of it, think of it like this. This is what it looks like. This is how it reproduces itself, is that young boys grow up in the, world? if I can say it like this, in the world's cursed system, right? Listening and watching cursed music and cursed media, What is what is media that's created under the curse do? What degrades women? What What is media? I'm not just talking about pornography, even though, yes, that, but pornography all the way through all movies and shows you'll ever see. What is it? It's men ruling over women. It's women being objectified. It's women being said, basically, the only thing you have to offer is your body. And here's the double whammy of that is, most women listen to the same music. And what happens is these boys then grow up to be adults. Now, they don't grow up to be men because here's, here's, something that's, here's a freebie for you guys. You are male by birth, but you're a man by choice. You will be an adult male, but what makes you an adult man is the acceptance of responsibility and becoming a disciple of Jesus. That's what makes you a man. But these bro, boys grow up to be adult males who then take everything they've been taught their entire life in the cursed system of the world and then dishonor their wives and then have children and they teach their children to do the same thing. And what happens is, I mean, just put it into today, now we also, on the other side, we have young girls growing up on Instagram and TikTok. And what they're being shown is, this is how you have to look, this is how you have to dress, and this is how you have to act. Listen, to get a man so then you can control him. And then we have this radical feminism over here that says, hey, ladies, for you to actually do what you're supposed to do, you need to strive, you need to take power, and you need to seize control. It's the curse in full effect. And what is the curse? That women want to control men, but instead men will dominate women. That is the curse. But today, I have good news for women. And here, okay, okay, okay. Okay, guys, I'm gonna do you a favor. When I say I have good news for women, it shouldn't just be the women who are doing this. I'm gonna do you a favor. I know you're like, come on, bro, you get me in so much trouble right now, I gotta go back home and I gotta live with this, like what? Yes, you do. You are held accountable by these words too. So men, I, I, here's what I'm gonna say for the next few minutes. I need you to help me preach. Okay, I need you, I need you to be minute. I need you to be looking at your wife and be like, high five, baby. He talking about you. All right, okay. I need you to help me preach today. Okay, so I have good news for women. Okay, what's the first good news for women? There it is. Men, say it with me. What's the good news for women? Women, the curse is broken off your life. Women, the curse is broken off your life. What does that mean? When Jesus was crucified, he broke the curse. He broke the curse off you by taking it upon himself. Galatians three says that um, Jesus Christ broke the curse of the law by becoming the curse for us. For as it is written, everyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. So Jesus took the curse, he broke the curse off of your life. So now you are free in Jesus name. Women, through Jesus, the curse is broken off of your life. So, here's what that means. No longer do we view women through the lens of the curse. Now we view women through the lens of the cross. That's what it means. Come on. No longer will your desire to be to control your husband. and said he will control you. No longer are you to live striving for power. No longer are you to be treated inferior and ruled over. You have been delivered from that in the name of Jesus. You've been delivered from that in the name of Jesus. So, yes, here we still live in a world that's under the curse, okay? But in here and wherever Jesus Christ is Lord, prayerfully, your marriage and your home, you are free from the curse. Here's what I say you are always free from the curse, but in these places where Jesus is Lord, you are experientially free from the curse. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter it's your job or you feel pressed down. You are ultimately free from the curse, but experientially you're free from the curse wherever Jesus Christ is Lord. Here's what I'm saying, guys. Don't believe the narrative, the really toxic, broken, uninformed narrative that says that Christianity is bad for women's rights. Don't believe that. It's false. It's true. It's uninformed. Here's what I'll say. Without Christianity, there is no basis for women's rights. Y'all, here's the deal. Most people, if you're outside of Christ, you don't believe that. You're like, well, no, it's written on our constitution. What's in our constitution? That it's evident that all men are created equal. And by the way, that wasn't even true at that time because that was written when there was slavery. That was just a bunch of white dudes saying, hey, it's self-evident that we're all the same, right? Like, hey, high five, guys. <laughs> listen, equi- listen, listen. I'm, tr- I'm trying to help you te- think a little bit higher. Equality is not self-evident. Okay, why? Because we live in a world that's, that believes in evolution. What is evolution? That there was some primordial ooze that turned into a monkey that started working at a nine-to-five and turned into you? Like, Okay, that's what the world believes. If that's the case, what is the rule of evolution? Survival of the fittest. Only the strong survive. means if you have power, you don't let anybody else take it. You keep them where they are, and you will rule by brute force. That's the curse. The world system reinforces the curse. It's only Christ. It is only Christ who breaks the curse and brings real value back to women. That's it, because without Christ, there is no equality. And that's why I say this, guys. Wherever the gospel is most embraced, women are most empowered. Wherever the gospel is most embraced, women are most empowered. In other words, the closer you get to the cross, the better it gets for everybody. The further away you get from the cross, the worse it gets for women. That means the closer society gets to the cross, the better it gets for everybody. The further away society gets from the cross, the worse it gets for everybody, especially women. So the closer you get to Christ, men and women are, are empowered together and brought into a true equality together, right? That, that we are equal in God's sight together. The closer we get to the cross, um, the, the more men and women lock arms and hands together, and they're they're they walk in the same honor and the same value and the same worth. But listen, wherever you see a woman manipulating and striving and seizing power, that's a woman who's operating under the curse. Wherever you see a man pushing a woman down and ruling over her, that's a man operating under the curse. But the cross broke the curse. And that changes everything. That changes everything. And so good news today, ladies, women, the curse is broken off of you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So what's good news for women is that the cross broke the curse. Here's the second thing. Men, help me preach this one. Ladies, your value is now based on your image. Now, some some of you are like, did we just regress? Like, what just happened? I thought we were going somewhere, but it feels like we just went backwards. I'm not, hang with me. I'm not talking about the mirror. I'm not talking about the mirror. Here, let me explain this. If you ask a super, conservative religious group, what gives women value? They will say having children. How many children? Yes. If you ask modern society, what gives a woman value? The answer will be her sexual desirability and her attractiveness. If you ask radical feminism, what gives a woman value? They'll say, well, it's clear, her career path and her ability to have power. But if you ask God, What gives a woman value? He will say that a woman's value is based solely on the fact that she is created in the image of God. In the image of God. Here's Genesis 127. Genesis 127, God says, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created what? Them, male and female, not just male. Male and female, he created them. And so what God, he looks into a society that's completely broken, where the curse is in full effect. and he says, "Ladies, in my own image, I made you. I made you." And here's the deal. This gets a little lost on us in Western society, but this is written in the Eastern society. That whole idea of being made in the image of someone, that's royalty language. That's royalty language says, I know you live in a society that does not affirm your value, but listen, you bear the divine stamp upon your life. I know we live in a world where men and women aren't experientially equal, but the Lord says that the women carry the divine stamp of the royal image of God. And ladies, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You need to understand this because I saw this like last week or whenever it was. Disproportionately, women freak out like over the, the, like the, the, the British royal coronation thing. All oh, and we're like, what's Kate wearing? And I guess Prince Harry and Charles, like all that, right? Okay, here's the deal. Yes, we will lust over that. We will be in all of that. We will, we will stand and like, wow, what would it be to be like that? But we will only stand in all of that when we forget that you ladies are made in the image of the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. You bear the image of royalty. You bear the image of royalty. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by the king in the image of the king for the king. And and since you're made in God's image, what that means is you have intrinsic worth. What is intrinsic worth? It means you have worth even if you do nothing. You have worth and you have value just because you are. So here's what I'm saying today. And some of, you, some of y'all ladies, you need to hear this more than others. But listen, you do not have value because you have children. You don't have to have a good career to be valuable. You don't have to look like the women in the magazine or on social media to have value. Yes, I'm talking about the women who only ate leaves for the last month and had all their cellulite sucked out, and had their face worked on, and still had to be photoshopped. And you're like, I don't know, just a few more workouts, I think I can get it. That's not real, those aren't real people. I think, come on, can you just, I think some people are gonna get to heaven, and God's gonna be like. Who are you? That's not it. I made this person, who are you? (laughs) That is not what gives you value. Hey man, like do it up, whatever, hey. But that's not what gives you value. Listen, listen, listen. I need. I wanna say that, I don't need to say that, I wanna say praise God for the beauty that women possess. Praise God, praise God for that. Because because dudes don't have that. Like the only way a dude looks really attractive is when he kind of looks like a woman. You know, like that. Ladies have something that men don't have. Like, and I praise God for that. Like I praise, I pray like women, women have a God-given beauty and grace about their lives. And that is why the, the men don't have. And that is why sometimes you look at couples and you're like well that's interesting. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> like, mm, mm. He must have married way out of his league. Men, that is your opportunity to look at your girlfriend or your wife and be like yes honey that's us. You're way, way, way Go ahead, go ahead. Some of y'all didn't get a Mother's Day present, like there's an opportunity to do that. My wife is way out of my league. God gave her a whole lot of beauty that he did not give me. So I say all that, that, that the Lord has graced you with beauty, but listen, ladies, you are not valuable because of your beauty. You have beauty, but you are not valuable because of your beauty. You're not valuable because of your waistline, you're not valuable because of how good you look in those heels today, and you're not valuable based on whether or whether or not you got a man. You have worth and you have value because you're loved by God and fashioned in His image, and nothing can take that from you. You're valuable because you've been bought with the blood of Jesus And you are a precious daughter of God made in his image. That's what makes you valuable. I'm gonna read you a little bit of Proverbs 31, but it's not the part that makes everybody upset. Proverbs 31, lady, I do not wanna hear, it's impossible. No, listen, here's the very end, verse 30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. (laughs) Beauty is fleeting, but a woman that fears the Lord is to be praised. Listen, you have worth because you're a daughter of the king. And infinitely more than any external beauty of the skin is the beauty of the heart of a woman who loves God. Come on, guys, you can vouch for that. Like that, listen, listen, I know, I, I know there's certain things that, that men especially are living under the curse and all that, like that value. But here, I, I think that most guys in this, in this place have experienced this at some point in your life where you meet a woman who's got crazy beauty on the outside, but all she's got is crazy on the inside. Crazy people out here, crazy, crazy in here. Right? And so, what it does, so ladies, some of you you need to hear this from a man, okay? What may catch a man's eye is the outside, but what catches a man's heart is the inside. Like, for real, do you love Jesus? Are you confident in who you are in Christ? Are, Are you pursuing health and wholeness and healing based off the things that have happened in your life in Christ? Have you been set free from the curse of trying to seize control? Why? Because it says it right here in, in Proverbs 31:30 30, that as the years go on, the outside fades. And so, if we spend our whole life focusing on the outside, listen, that will fade one day, and what are you left with? Here's the deal: that fading for men happens at like 30. I'm saying like the wheels just start falling off. You're like, "Oh god, like my back. Oh god, my skin, like oh, wrinkles and all that." Ladies yours last a lot longer, okay? But for all of us, the outside fades. So what's really important is what will never fade. Is the heart that loves God, the heart that has the peace of God, the heart that brings the peace of God, a life that conveys the love of God that actually can get stronger and stronger and stronger every single day. That as the outside is fading away, the spirit and the soul is getting stronger and greater and more beautiful every single day. Ladies, good news today. The cross broke the curse and you have value because of the image of God on your life. Good news, good news. News Good news. Here's the third thing. Good news for women. Men, help me preach it. Here's the third thing: God created you, ladies, for greatness. For greatness. For greatness. Really? For real, for real. You did. It's not just for the men. Listen, I know we live in a society that implies certain things, but ladies, you were made for greatness. We catch this scene that um, many of us have heard of before. It's uh, where Jesus meets a woman at a well. It's a Samaritan woman. It's a conversation, honestly, he's not even supposed to be having, right? Men didn't talk to women in public. Jews didn't talk to Samaritans in public. Like, like there's so many broken things in here that that religious leaders would've freaked out at the time, but Jesus presses through all of it. He breaks all the the stereotypes. And Jesus has a conversation with this woman who's at a well during the middle of the day, which is odd. She's there by herself. And so naturally, we know something's not going on because why would you be at the well when it's like 100 degrees by yourself? You know, there's no help to come back. And what we find out, Jesus reveals it pretty fast, is that this woman's been married five times, and now she's living with a man who's not even her husband. And I, like most of us, um, read this because it's the only eyes I have is Western eyes, right? And so Western eyes sees this, oh, this is an immoral woman, like, this is this woman who's just hopping around. She's a gold digger. Like, you know, she's just moving around from man to man to man until I put on Eastern eyes. And then I realized wait a second. Women couldn't divorce their husbands. And what Jesus is really saying here is this I know five men have already thrown you away like trash. And the man that you're with right now, He won't even marry you. And I understand that you've been rejected by men your whole life, but I'm here today to tell you this, you're not rejected by me. You're not rejected by me. And then this rejected, outcast, loner, throwaway, traumatized woman drops her bucket, runs back into town and tells everybody about Jesus. And scripture actually affirms, it says pretty much the entire town came to faith in Jesus because of her, because of her. And so listen, I am here today to tell you this, that it doesn't matter what has happened in your past, God has greatness in your future. God has greatness in your future. Ladies, you were made for something great. You were made for something great. You were made for something great. I don't know the trauma. I don't know the abuse. I don't know the words that have been spoken over you. I don't know what the devil has said, your friends have said, your mom and dad have said. I don't know what you said in your own mind. I don't know what the bully said, but I do know what God says. And God says, let God be true and every man be a liar. You were made for something great. 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 God put his gifts, his talents, his ability, his uh, his character, his charisma on the inside of you. And ladies, it's time to let it out. Listen, some of y'all, you need to write the book. You need to start the business. You need to be the best mama that you can be to your kids. You need to be a leader here in the church. You need to be a leader in your neighborhood. You You need to be a leader at work. You need to let the spiritual gifts that God put on the inside of you get out of you. I don't know what's been spoken over you, but today God is liberating that. And you're in a place today that wants to see God's greatness be emancipated from your life. Listen, don't sleep on the greatness that God put on the inside of you. Don't explain it away. Don't rationalize it away. Don't be like, oh, it's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal. God put it on the inside of you and no other. What God made you and what God put on the inside of you and what God called you to do, you're the only one on earth with that. So step into it in its fullness because you were made for greatness. Paul, Paul writes to his spiritual son, Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.5. He said, Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother. I love this. Paul says, hey, Timothy, I knew your grandma. And he says, hey, I also knew your mama. And the reason that you're the stud that you are today, Timothy, is because of them. It's because of them. Listen, listen, listen. Thank God for, for godly father's day. Hey, listen, guys, it ain't Father's Day. Come back next month. Thank God for dads, thank God for all that. But listen, the, one of the be- best and biggest leaders in the early church was who he was because of the women in his life. Go, open up later, Romans 16, where Paul's closing out his letter, one of the most powerful letters ever written in the history of the world, definitely one of the most in, in, the, in the Bible. And Paul goes line by line thanking and recognizing the women leaders in the early church. And he arrives at this one woman, he says, he, she may be your mother, but she's also been a mother to me. Listen, ladies, I look around this space. Some of you have been like a mother to me. The men of this house, the boys of this house, need our sisters, need the ladies of this house to be sisters and need to be mothers, need you to be who you are, who God called you to be. We look through all the greatness. We we see see Jesus, right? You remember that scene of Martha and Mary? Remember that, Where, where, where Martha's like, Mary, get out in there and come back in here and start cooking, why? Because that's what women did. Martha wasn't trying to be a jerk. She was like, Mary, you're not supposed to be in there. You're not supposed to be in there sitting at Jesus's feet. But Jesus actually invited his friend Mary to come and take on the position of a learner in a society that kept women illiterate. He said, no, come and sit at my feet. Come and learn from me. Come and follow me. Come and be my disciple. I'm breaking you out of that box today, sister. I'm breaking you out. Come and be with me. Come and follow me. Women were then part of the traveling ministry of Jesus. I love this. You know what? Women funded the ministry of Jesus. Women were entrepreneurs who were making money to advance the gospel. The first person that Jesus actually tells that he's the Messiah, you know who it is? It ain't a man, it ain't a Pharisee. You know who it is? It's the woman at the well. The first person in the entire Bible who actually says, I am the Messiah. Come on, what Jesus is saying, he's like, listen, I can't trust these disciples, they're idiots. They don't get it. They'll get it like in a few years, but I know that you'll get it today. And he gave it to her, he gave her the truth. And He's basically like, hey, don't go and tell anybody though. And she's like, hey, everybody, come over here. (laughs) Because you ladies are like that, I love that about you. Who got the first news of the resurrection? Women. And what did Jesus tell? Just read it, a line beneath what the words actually say. Jesus said, hey, I'm alive. Ladies, go tell the men. Oh. Ladies, God has called you to greatness. God has called you to greatness. And I look at my wife, I look at Summer, and I told her this. I actually did write something besides the chat GBT thing. <laughs> I did both. <laughs> and I just wanna affirm in front of everybody here that my wife has so many tremendous gifts, has so many tremendous abilities, has the character of the king, has the image of Christ Jesus, that, that she, she's so, like obviously we have some different roles all around here, but the, the things that she is good at, she is so much better at than me. And it's to the point where I'm learning to just get out of the way and say like, go get it, babe, just come on. Go do your thing. <laughs> it's, it's so much better than anything that I could ever do. Like, God has given her so much grace. I say this. I talk about it a lot, like, and I do really mean it, is that I, I pretty much still wake up on a consistent basis, and she's, like, journaling her dreams that she had last night, and I'm like, I had a dream, like, in 98, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but that God gave her that. God gave her, God gave her the, the, the tremendous ability to speak. To teach, God gave her the ability to be able to. Uh, she thrives in one-on-one infinitely more than I could ever do in in deliverance and healing and freedom ministry. Um, God, God put the gifts on her life to be able to pray for the sick, to receive prophetic words. She's so much kinder and so much generous, more generous than I will ever be. Anything generous about me is because she provoked it. She loves the Lord. She fears the Lord. Therefore, she's worthy to be praised. And this entire house is better because you're here. Everybody's better because you're here. Everybody's better because you're here. For real. (laughs) And I look around this room, and women, I'm so glad you're here. The woman who fears the Lord is worthy to be praised. Where would we be without you? And ladies, God has called you to greatness. It's time to get out of the box. And men, one of your primary responsibilities is to affirm all this, all this. Whether it's your mama, whether it's it's your wife, your, your, your own daughter right? A firmness, a friend, a niece, a firmness. And then you raise your sons to a firmness. Break the curse. Break the curse. And then you live free from the curse too. You live free from the curse too. Don't rule, don't dominate. God, had not called you to do that. He called you to lead. Leading is different than dominating. Leading is different than ruling because leaders lay their lives down. That's what that looks like. Men, honor the image of God and the women in your life. Don't lust after it. Don't covet it, don't take it, don't divorce it, don't abuse it, honor it. And then do all you can do to recognize, support, and then release the ladies in your life to go and do great things that God has called them to. And I know. listen, I know we're a very diverse church, I know we're a very multicultural church, and so some of you are like, well, we just don't do that in my culture. I don't, I don't care, like, I don't care what you do in your culture. Like, if your culture's not biblical, your culture's gotta go. And you gotta replace it with the kingdom culture. The kingdom culture overrides your, your earthly culture. Well, that's not how my daddy did it. Well, then you change it. You break the curse in your family. You break the curse in your home. You teach your kids to do it different than you were taught. Why? Because the cross broke the curse. The cross broke the curse. The cross has broken curse. All praise be to God. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Let's pause right here. We're going to pray and then we're going to do something special. Okay. So just kind of just stay, stay right here in this place. Here's the deal guys. Today we are talking about the God who breaks the curse off our lives. We're talking about the God who gives us value, divine royalty that we're brought into. We're talking about the God who placed his greatness on the inside of us, his power, his creativity, and then calls us to go and do great things. And it's in the face of that God that every single one of us at some point has looked at that amazing, graceful God and turned and gone our own way. Every single one of us like sheep has gone astray. We have rejected the grace of God and rebelled and gone our own way. And we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the good news of today is this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We all actually deserve hell. Let's just be honest about it. But Christ has saved us. Christ has redeemed us. Christ has bought us back from the grave. Christ's blood has washed away our sins. Christ's blood has made us new people. Christ's blood has broken the curse off of our lives. All things are new in Jesus. And the good news today is that that door is not closed. That door is actually open, and the invitation from God is to come in and be saved and to enter into a new life. If we actually want to walk in the reality of everything we've talked about today, it all begins and ends in Jesus. And so today the invitation is there. And so here's the deal. If today's the day where you say, I need to say yes to Christ or I've been kind of doing my own thing and I need to come back to Christ, then I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. But here's the reality of a prayer. Prayer is not like the starting line and the finish line. The, the prayer is the starting line of a new life. Live not for yourself, but for God. And so I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and family of God around you. We're gonna pray this together. Let's pray like this. Say, Jesus, today, I thank you that the cross broke the curse and I can be free. So right now, I confess Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died on the cross to forgive my sin and he rose again on the third day. Jesus is alive. So in response, I repent of my sin. I leave behind me my wicked ways And I turn to God to live a new life for God by faith right now because of Jesus. I'm forgiven. I'm free. God's beginning healing in my life. And I'm going to live for you the rest of my days in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, 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 amen. We're going to take one more step. We're going to do one more thing. I felt like this was really important for us to do today. So here on this Mother's Day weekend, I actually called this, this message a letter for my sisters. Um, but I have a letter for my sisters. And so here's what I'm going to ask right here. Um, all the ladies, not just the moms, the ladies of the house, will not you stand up to your feet? I want to read this to you. On behalf of your brothers here in this church. ladies look around the room just real quick this is not your competition this is your family this is your friends is your sisters is your mothers these are your daughters and on behalf of your brothers ladies we thank God for you you're incredible and you're a gift today as the men of this house we repent for not always seeing you as the gift you are We repent for the times we've overlooked you. We repent for the times we've taken you for granted. We repent for the times we've not honored and served you the way you deserve. We repent for the times we've objectified you. Women, you were made to be loved, not lusted. You were made to be protected, not exploited. You were made to be cared for, not taken advantage of. You were made to be empowered, not controlled. Ladies, you are worth fighting for. You are worth walking with in your hurts and pains. You're worth covenant. You're worth a man laying down his life. You are not discardable. You are absolutely irreplaceable. And we value you. And Jesus loves you, and we do too. You're special. We would be lost without you. We need you, and we need you to be you. You were designed to bring and breathe new life into the world. We need you to walk side by side with us to lead how God made you to be. Lead with compassion and nurturing and strength and wisdom and passion. Teach us how to worship. Teach us how to love. Teach us how to have grace. Teach us how to be more like Jesus. Show us what wholeheartedness looks like. And right now as the men of this church, we declare the curse is broken off your life. You are free. We declare your value comes from God's image on you. You are free. We declare God created you for greatness. You are free. And today we bless you. We pray God would set you free from the curse-fueled expectations of society to look a certain way and act a certain way and attain a certain degree of success in order to finally be valuable. We rebuke anxiety and depression off your life, and we ask God to give you his shalom. We bless your children. We declare your children's hearts belong to the Lord God Almighty. We pray the Holy Spirit would give you grace upon grace to continue parenting them well. We thank you for serving and leading and giving and sacrificing for your family and for this church family. We are so thankful you're part of our lives. God bless you today and every day. We love you sincerely, your brothers. Come on, man. Let's stand to our feet. Let's love and honor the women of this house. We love you. We adore you. Happy Mother's Day.